Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 32nd edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. And we would like to take this time to thank our sponsor, Galavan, Galavan, and Omelia, creators of the Digital War Room platform for e-discovery. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is highlights from the 2013 Georgetown e-discovery training academy. Sharon and I are happy to welcome as our guest, our longtime friend and e-discovery expert, Tom O'Connor. Tom is a nationally known consultant, speaker, and writer in the area of computerized litigation support systems. He is the author of several books on the subject, most recently e-discovery for small cases from the ABA, with co-author Bruce Olson. Tom currently is a senior e-discovery consultant at Gallivan, Gallivan, and Amelia, the Seattle-based consulting firm best known for their digital war room software, where he assists law firms and corporate counsel in matters of retention policies, litigation holds, and ESI document exchange protocols. Welcome, Tom. Well, hi, guys. How are you? Oh, doing pretty well, all things considered. Great. Uh, and I, we've already established the audience doesn't know this, but uh, Tom has not had his cigar of the day yet, but he's waiting for it to get a little cooler and have the sun go down. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kind of guessing, Tom, that a lot of people don't know about the Georgetown eDiscovery Training Academy. So maybe you could tell us what it is um, and tell us when it was held this year and a little bit about its scope, format, and curriculum. Sure, sure. Glad to. Uh, they've been doing it for, I believe, for about 10 or 11 years. I've been involved for uh, three years now. Uh, it's actually put on by the Georgetown Law School CLE Department, which is headed up by uh, Larry Center, who's an assistant dean at the school. So he handles all the CLE activities uh, for the law school. Uh, and they do it the first week, generally speaking, the first week of June, every year on the campus of the law school in downtown Washington, D.C. It's a week-long educational, purely educational opportunity. It's, it's a series of seminars, interactive sessions, meetings with various faculty members, and uh, at the end of the week, a series of interactive uh, mock meet-and-confer sessions with the students being broken up into teams and actually doing their sessions in front of one of several federal judges who come in and uh, then get feedback from the judges on, on how they, they thought they did. So it's a very good combination of classroom lectures, but uh, a ton of interactive sessions. And I think the real strength, in addition to that, and the horrendous reading, it's sort of hearts back to the day of law school, days of law schools by giving you this totally oppressive syllabus that you have to read ahead of time, which of course nobody does, and then they spend every <laughs> evening until midnight <laughs> read, read, trying to read the material and then grousing in the morning about how there's too much stuff to read. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's really kind of a mini law school jammed into a week, but the, the faculty is really the strength of, of the entire thing. The two main uh, instructors are uh, our 
good friend, Craig Ball, of course, well-known in the e-discovery world. Uh, my good friend, I'm not sure if you, if you guys have known him for long, but Michael Artfeld, also a, a well-known uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaker yeah. in the field. And, and it's Michael's uh, written materials. Literally three of his books are used as the main course syllabus um, and the, and the uh, informational pattern for all of the uh, all of the lectures. So Craig and Michael really do the the the, the bulk of the lecturing, and then they're assisted uh, this year during during the week. Uh, they have a number of special guest lecturers come in. Maura Grossman from Wachto Lipton came in and spent about a half a day talking about search technology and stuff that I completely didn't understand, which was <laughs> good for me to be there. Uh, Mark Sadati from uh, Gibbons in New York gave a great session on litigation holds and preservation policies. And then I, I thought, you know, most importantly, uh, for the folks who were, who were attending, uh, Judge John Fasciola literally spent every day there, took a ton of time off, came over, worked around his schedule, sat in on sessions, gave several sessions himself, um, went to lunch with the students every day, several nights, uh, stayed around for late night pizza skull sessions and really just went over the top in making himself available. And he was one of the judges for the, um, uh, for the meet and confers later in the week. Judge Paul Grimm was scheduled to be there, but as you know, uh, Judge Grimm has, um, uh, made the jump from magistrate judge to the, to the full bench yep. and had a, had a pesky little thing called a trial interfere with them. <laughs> <laughs> all, of, all of a sudden he sees, He's kind of required to be there when they have a trial. So. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it really was, it was too bad because the interplay between Judge Fasciola and Judge Grimm is also equally good. They have two completely different styles. You know, I'm sure you've seen both of them. And Judge Grimm is very academic and straightforward. And, well, I would hate to be a party in an action and be cross-examined by him because I keep waiting for the curveball to break across the plate <laughs> when he asks when he asks that one question that's going to just like hang you out to dry. Judge Fasciola, of course, is much more flamboyant. And, uh, right, right. Uh, uh, you know, very, very, uh, just a very colorful character. Um, I would, on the other hand, hate to have to appear in front of him for uh, really anything if I wasn't prepared. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would be a very patient soul. <laughs> no. So, so you'd have to, do, have to do your reading assignments, huh, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that, that, boy, I'll tell you, just having those people not only be there lecturing you, but being in a room with them, the, the, the class is capped at 50, so there's really a ton of one-on-one uh, in interaction. And, and literally, every one of those folks, when they weren't lecturing, was sitting with the students. My job was to be what's called a proctor. So that, as you know, in a classroom setting, especially, and, and with some pretty high-powered people speaking like that, sometimes the students are reluctant to ask a question. So uh, there are several proctors who sit in the audience, uh, sit in the classroom. It was actually in a classroom at, at, at Georgetown. And we sit with the students, mingle with them. Uh, we're, we coach them uh, when they break up into the different teams, answer questions, sort of sort of be like a graduate assistant, if you will, uh, at the college level for them to, to have somebody to use as a sounding board. I was lucky enough, uh, Gigi and O was uh, gracious enough to let me take the time to spend all week there 
And we were joined later in the week by Patrick Oot uh, from the SEC. Wow. And Conrad, yes, and Conrad Jacoby, who's a, a well-known consultant in the D.C. area. And they came over and helped coach and, and give of their time. So, yeah, the, really the one-on-one mm-hmm. exposure to some great minds in the e-discovery world, um, it, it, it's unparalleled. It's unparalleled. Uh, so, so, so no guest appearance by Jason Barron? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, uh, two years ago, Jason did uh, speak. Uh, he and Maura gave a co-presentation. Um, but several weeks after ours, in fact, they just did it last week, they do a, I think, a two-day uh, CLE uh, specifically for federal uh, agency, federal practitioners, anybody who's practicing in a in a, it's, you know, I kind of call it no coincidence that the uh, Stephen King novel Under the Dome is um, on TV this week. But, you know, it's inside the beltway is, is kind of the way that one shapes up. And Jason has a, uh, a big hand in that presentation. So he concentrated his time for uh, another section at, at Georgetown several, several weeks later. And I think they got several hundred people attend that one. That's a, that's a pretty big deal, too. Wow. Well, the, the, I was kind of interested yeah. in who actually. I didn't realize that this thing was capped at fifty people. But what what's the composition? I mean, who are these people? Where were they from? These old, young folks, big firm, little firm. Um, describe describe the yeah. audience. Well, that to me was also a, a really interesting piece of the action. Um, typically, in the years past, it's been fifty fifty uh, attorneys versus. IT or lit support. Um, so it, it, it's been really funny. You know, you get that good blend of people uh, so that the one type of discussion, either legal or technical, doesn't dominate um, the conversation. And, and people are asking questions from both the legal and the technical side. So we get a really good balance because Craig and, and Michael do that. You know, Michael really hits the legal arguments. And Craig, of course, loves the forensics and uh, the you know he starts talking about hash values and hexadecimal headers and um, yeah <laughs> you can see the attorneys the eyes start to glaze over and and then we 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 swing it back this year it was about sixty percent attorneys we had a little drop in the uh, in the technical folks because of um, unfortunately because of sequestration the attendance from the inside the Beltway government agency people dropped off. Um, and uh, so we had a little bit more uh, of the attorneys, although on the other hand, the total composition was really across the board. Uh, there were three gentlemen from a government agency in the state of California. Uh, there were attorneys from small firms in Mississippi and Alabama. Um, there were folks from Littler, the Boston office of Littler Mendelssohn. Um, so we had a really, really good cross-section of big firm, small firm, agency, um, private practice, government practice. It was really good with a slight dip in the government representation because of, of budget restrictions um, in play in D.C. But it was very, very cross-sectional, which I, I totally enjoyed because then we also didn't get one group dominate the discussion. We didn't get the, the big firm corporate defense only asking questions that they wanted. We had several, uh, there was a solo practitioner from Virginia, as a matter of fact, right across the river uh, from D.C. So um, uh, there was uh, two attorneys from a small firm in Roanoke. 
as a matter of, as a matter of fact. So it, it was a very good representation of all sorts of firms. Good. Yeah. So, so Tom, can you can you talk a little bit about how this particular training that at Georgetown puts on is is different than other e-discovery training or other conferences? Sure. Well, I think first of all is just the time. The fact that you're there for a week, so you really get to dig down into some issues. Um, as you know, even at, at, at big sessions at um, something like the ABA Tech Show, where you get a really high caliber uh, of, of folks, uh, not, not that I'm, of course, influenced by the fact that you and I were speaking together at the ABA Tech Show. Which I <laughs> when I say that. Heck no. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you know, you don't have the time. You have an hour. You have an hour and a half. Uh, you, have, you know, the folks have to move to the next session. Here you get a small group of people, and you're there for, we start on Sunday afternoon at noon and go through Friday evening. So it's really six days. Um, and, and we stay late two nights um, deliberately to, to a- and make sure we're answering questions and keeping on track. And as I said, we bring in pizza and just sit around and, and, and talk with them about what they want to talk about. So you've got a set list of subjects, of course, in the curriculum. But we're really able to dive down much deeper into each of those. So I just, uh, just as a matter of fact, I pulled out the, the first day, Sunday, June 2nd, there's registration, but then a discussion for an hour on the life cycle of an e-discovery case by Michael and Craig uh, with some of, some of the uh, material from Michael. And then uh, we did from three to five, we, <laughs> this is actually pretty funny, we, we had a mock meet and confer where I was a tech expert for Michael and Craig was a tech expert for Judge Fasciola. It really turned out to be, here's what you shouldn't do in a meet and confer. Because <laughs> the, the clause came out really quickly. <laughs> and we all just, we all just started, Judge, Judge Fasciola and I were arguing about, about like the production of some records. And, and he, he, I think, was really enjoying himself because I don't think he gets to do that. But then Monday morning, we started right away at 8.30, document retention policy for an hour and a half. Um, then from 11 to 12.30, Craig talked about electronically stored information, um, you know, how digital information is stored. Um, right. Lunch break, and then he continued that afterwards. And then Judge Fatiola spoke from 4 to, to, to 5. So there you go. You, you've got about four hours of digital storage background and how things are done under the hood of the computer. Um, you just don't have the time in other, in other uh, you know, educational conferences even to spend right. that much time d- drilling down. So, mm-hmm. so when, when you did all of this stuff, is there, do you have any kind of testing that goes on during it or at the end? Um, any kind <laughs> yeah. of exam? We had a, Craig and I have a philosophical difference on this. Um, Yes, there's a pretest that's given when they show up, um, and uh, Craig uh, jealously guards the questions. He circulates them among among everybody else for uh, 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 for comments, and then he puts it up on a on a website. So they jump in, and he gets the scores right away. So he he's got sort of a um, uh, a sense of where people are at, and also if there's any soft spots. You know, is there a particular area that people are not not conversant in that we really need to, to focus in on. Um, then he, they give an exit test on Friday. Um, the, the, the results are remarkable. I mean, uh, I don't know the exact numbers, or I don't have them in front of me, 
But about half the people didn't pass the pretest, and everybody passed on Friday. Um, and and the uh, the uh, philosophical differences, and um, I think this is a just an educational background. As you guys know, I did my undergraduate work at Johns Hopkins, where there is no dean's list, there is no mandatory attendance. It's a it's a very open educational environment. Craig wanted to give recognition to the the top five scores on the test at the end of the week. And I said I thought we should give recognition to the people who improved their score the most. The person who had 25 on on Sunday and had a 78 on Friday, I said, I, gee, I think that's the greatest academic achievement is that you took people who were struggling walking in here and, and gave them a solid basis. Not the person who went from 85 to 92, right? Yeah, well, we're, you know what? We love you both, and we're not getting in the middle of that brawl. <laughs> <laughs> but suffice to say that, the, 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 that what came out of that was, and it was a friendly discussion. It was a friendly argument between Craig and I. And, of course, he won. Um, as the, <laughs> shocked. I am shocked. That's where my mortgage <laughs> money was going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, but the point was that everybody improved dramatically, which I thought was the greatest achievement. Um, but yes. Now, they, you know, they don't give a certificate. They give a certificate of attendance, but they, they don't get into any sort of certification. And that's the argument that none of us wanted to get into, that whole issue of, of certification. It's just that you attended, but you do have a baseline test going in and an exit test to show you that you had um, some, um, uh, some improvement. And I will tell you that about three of us uh, have had contact from students asking for follow-up information, which is also very typical. Uh, over the next, or I would say within 90 days after the thing wraps up, it is not uncommon for about a third of the students to send you some sort of a follow-up. Like, okay, I read this, now I want to read something more. Do you have some other things? So um, we give them a little bit of an extra syllabus that includes your book, Sharon, and um, um, Browning's book. And you know, we don't we don't let Mike get all the all the glory for being the only person who writes on this subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Yalavan, Galavan, and Omelia, creators of the Digital War Room platform for rediscovery. Do you need to strategize? Review and produce documents for litigation, government investigations, or HSR second requests in a single e-discovery tool for every size and every type of matter? Digital War Room eliminates costly pre-processing of collected documents, realizing savings of 80% or more, and giving you greater control over e-discovery. Experience end-to-end e-discovery on your Windows desktop, on your internal network, or in our hosted review center. Download a free trial of Digital War Room Pro at www.digitalwarroom.com. That's digitalwarroom.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today we're talking to Tom O'Connor, an e-discovery consultant who is also a noted author and lecturer, and we've had the privilege of lecturing with Tom several times. 
So, Tom, tell us about how the audience reacted to the Institute. Is it what it, they expected when they signed up or did they afterwards, did they, they feel like it was something different? What did they like best? It was a little bit different in the sense that, um, and we, we hear this every year, they weren't really expecting the amount of technical information. Um, you know, again, with, with Craig and his focus on on digital storage and forensics acquisition of information, um, they really, I joked earlier about uh, hash values and, and hexadecimal headers, but he gets into the weeds. And so that was surprising to them, but he also brings it around to, you know, I'm not giving you this information so that you'll have a, a, a degree in electronic engineering, but you have to understand how these things are stored so that you can ask sensible questions. Uh, so I think that was different from what they expected. Clearly what they loved the most was um, having lunch with Judge Fasciola. Uh, <laughs> as, as you would expect, yes. You, you've met him. You know him. Yep. Um, he, he is a treasure trove of stories. Uh, one evening he took us over to the courthouse. He gives them all a tour. Uh, so, you know, he's throwing out names like Governor John Conley and Billy Baker, um, you know, famous cases that go back years uh, in that courtroom. Um, and he takes us into the, uh, into the main courtroom where they have all the, 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 the portraits up on the wall of all the chief justices of, the, of that court. Uh, and he, of course, uh, mentions the ones who have made it up to the Supreme Court over the years. And he, he's, he clearly loves, uh, he loves Georgetown. Um, he has a, tre- a treasure trove of stories simply about Georgetown and the Italian-American community in, in, in that area of, of, uh, of D.C. Uh, he loves the law. Uh, he clearly loves being a judge. And, and it just really enjoys walking people through and, and showing them um, the history of, of the legal community and bringing that to life for them so that it, it becomes something more than just a dry series of lectures. You know, it, it becomes a, an embodiment of why this is important and, and that the people who are writing these decisions are human beings uh, with opinions and, and, uh, and personalities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Judge Fasciola has a personality as big as Brooklyn. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I well remember I mispronounced his name, and I never thought yes. that the end of that uh, what you do when you're with Italians lecture <laughs> that went on for quite a while. I was just I, I was absolutely going. My mouth was hanging open. The man is a character and a half. Loved him dearly, but yep. boy, what a character! Yes. yes, he is. He was great. So clearly, if there is one thing that the students loved more than anything, it was the time that he so graciously spent with them. I mean, I literally every day at lunch. We would just go down to the Georgetown cafeteria and order lunch and pull a couple of tables together and sit around. And it, it was just invaluable because, you know, he told stories and he was a great raconteur, but he also talked about the law and his interpretation and, and how he felt about things and um, how he felt about certain issues and uh, certainly about things like the cooperation proclamation and the push for having some sort of uh, – uh, clear technical basis for making arguments in front of him and how judges are losing their patience with people who, who make 
shall we say, spacious arguments. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was just clearly the hit of the week was that that time spent with him. That's, that's great. Any, any other differences, Tom, uh, in this, this year's Academy versus last year's? Well, I, I, I mentioned one was the, um, um, uh, absence of judge Krim. That was, that was truly unfortunate. Um, uh, I, you know, he had a trial that kicked off that I think he didn't think was going to go and, and it did. And you, you know, you, you know how that is, Sharon, and you know, Sometimes those pesky trials just get in the way of the things we really like to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they sure yeah. do. So uh, I, I think, you know, because his name had been uh, mentioned, that was that was a bit of a disappointment. But but people understood, and I think that's why Judge Fasciolo is so gracious uh, with, with uh, a huge commitment of his time. I would say that the other thing that was a little bit different was uh, that even though we had a curriculum and, you know, they had a syllabus, uh, Craig and Michael made sure to ask on Monday morning, okay, before we get started, now you've looked at everything, you've, of course, done all the reading, and you know what these things are, but what do you want? What, what is it you, you know, think is important? What do you see in your practice? Why are you here, and what would you like to hear about? And uh, I was quite surprised that two-thirds of the people uh, said some variation of, uh, of TAR or predictive coding or analytics. They didn't understand it. They keep hearing from vendors about it. Um, it was a huge issue to them. Uh, and then the other, the other issue was uh, the several courts that have pilot projects with self-certification of technical expertise. We you know what, what Judge Peck calls the, the, the bring your geek to court syndrome. Uh, you know, how, how much do we need to have? How much technical knowledge do we need to have? And, and why is that important? And I, I think I, I just mentioned Judge Fasciola really did touch on that. So, but the predictive coding piece kind of surprised me. I, I thought that that was more of the latest marketing slogan from a from a number of of e discovery companies, but it, it was on people's minds. Yeah, it's it's all we hear about, and people are always asking yeah, about yeah. it, wanting us to write about it, yeah. wanting us to talk about yeah. it. So I think I think you're right. We're almost out of time, Tom. So let me ask you: is is there a date set for next year, and any different plans for the academy? Uh, no, the date is not set in stone yet. Um, uh, there'll be a conference call in the fall sometime where Michael and Craig will will get together with Larry Center at the school. But again, early June is traditionally um, when it's done. So they, they shoot for that first or second week of June because it seems to fit in everyone's schedules. I don't think there will be any dramatic changes. Um, uh, but again, I, I don't want to go out on a limb on that until um, in, until we have a, a conference call because they, we do a, a, a fairly intense debrief and what worked, what didn't work. But I would expect, although Craig, of course, can, could always throw a curveball at us, uh, I, I, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I would expect that the general format will stay the same. A small group, break it up into teams, try to make it as interactive as possible. Uh, judicial interaction, um, some other guest speakers in areas. So, you know, luckily this year, as I said, people wanted to know about predictive coding, and we had Maura Grossman on the faculty. Well, that, that more than satisfied that request. We we looked pretty we looked pretty prescient. <laughs> and when, when we said, "Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we got that covered," you know, we we got more Grossman coming to speak. You'll you'll learn more about predictive coding than you ever want to know. Oh, so, true. Um, 
Yeah, I think that'll be it. I think they'll just try to be, you know, very intense with the reading and, and material ahead of time to cover all the topics and uh, and stick with that same basic format. Well, thank you, Tom. It's been really illuminating to hear everything that went on. And um, you just got all rowdy with us here about this conference, which is great. <laughs> it, it reminds me. It's a great time. It reminds it's me that we need time. to par- party with you down in New Orleans sometime again real soon. <laughs> oh, look forward to having you here. Just wait until after Labor Day so we get through hurricane season and uh, will I see you folks at ILTA? Will you be at the ILTA We conference? will not be at ILTA. You know, we're everywhere uh, else uh, this year. It's yeah, a ridiculous yeah. conference schedule. And, of course, being the Virginia State Bar President this year, I am all over yeah, the state of Virginia. Yeah, I heard you got this little side job it's, that it's, you got to take care of. It's just a small gig, yeah. small gig. But, well, but, but thank you. Congratulations on that, well, though. We're really happy to see you get that. Thank you. I appreciate it, Tom. And, and really, it was great to talk to you. Thanks for all the information you gave us. You bet. Thanks for the invite. Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. And you can find more about Sensei's digital forensics, technology, and security services at SENSEIENT.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.